Hello, everyone, and welcome to Extra Innings, the show that gives you exclusive behind-the-scenes looks and commentary on Market Scale's Welcome to the Show, a reality television series that follows the Savannah Bananas, the collegiate summer league baseball team that is changing the sport with their brand of fan-first entertainment. On this episode, we chat with Corey Brandt, General Manager for Food and Beverage Operations for the Sacramento Rivercats, the AAA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. He gives us a rundown of his thoughts on all three episodes, diving into favorite moments, scenes, and personalities, but also gives us a unique perspective we haven't explored on Extra Innings. Brandt dives into the moments from Welcome to the Show that exemplify fan-first entertainment on the food and beverage side of the team, drawing from personal moments as GM to explain the critical nature of food to the overall fan experience. We get to hear about how the Rivercats are bringing unique storefront aesthetics to their concessions, some examples of unique food that keeps fans excited, and Brandt can't help but pitch the idea of a meetup with Jesse, Tyler, and the rest of the Savannah Bananas team. All right, Corey, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back, Daniel. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's good to get your takes on Welcome to the Show. I love hearing from multiple people from different, you know, whether it's minor league baseball teams or collegiate summer league teams, but your take is going to be unique because we haven't had anyone else on to talk about the food and beverage angle of fan-first entertainment. And we won't just talk about that today, but I think that is what you are going to provide that is nice and unique to this podcast. So I'm looking forward to getting your insight there. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is so important to the fans' perspective of what happens, especially in minor league baseball. It's one thing I I teach um, during our trainings before the season begins is what the hourly employees have, the impact they have on the experience of the fans coming to the gate from the parking staff uh, to walking up to the ticket office, going through the gates, getting your ticket scanned by ushers, going to your seat, food and beverage. That's the experience that they're going to remember more than who or, who won or lost the game. And, and if they had a good meal at concessions and if someone in, in parking was nice to them or rude to them, I mean, that's what they're going to remember more so than anything, especially in minor league baseball. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. Okay, so the first thing, you know, before we dive into your specific experiences, I'd like to get your take on Welcome to the Show. Now that all three episodes are out and released to the public, what are your initial takeaways after having watched all the episodes, digging in, and really seeing that progression of fan-first entertainment that the Savannah Bananas brought to the table? Uh, my first reaction to it is, is wow. I mean, he, I think Welcome to the Show is the, the perfect title for it. I mean, because it is a show, what they do on there. What happens on the field is probably the least amount of, uh, part of that show. It's what they do in between innings and and having uh, that fan interaction and fan first stuff that that people are drawing people, making them have those sellouts. Um, you know, I, it's 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 amazing what what his team is doing down there. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's pretty crazy the level of fan first that they brought to the table. Um, you know, with every game they were looking to push the mantle a little bit more find something that felt risky and unique uh you know whether that was setting up a table for a player to to have dinner with a fan or uh, giving away a porta potty which they, they love to do and that's that's one of my favorites um you know getting the banana nanas out there i mean everything that they do felt so quirky and different but the fans ate it up and no one was thrown off by it and no one took it as wow this is disrespectful to the sport of baseball i think 
think people were there because it was different, because it was unique and fresh. And that's what's so exciting to see about how baseball is evolving. Yeah, I think Jesse said it best. I mean, when he went there as a fan, when it was affiliated baseball, they had four or 500 people in the stands. Now he's drawing over 4,000 a game. So that speaks to, you know, not because you're going to have less talent on the field with those collegiate levels than you will in minor league baseball. So it is, it's, a, it's a total impact of what Jesse's team is doing down there, bringing, bringing that entertainment and that fan first. Um, you know, that, that's what they're going to see. They're like, hey, how are they going to shock us now? What is their wow going to be this time? So what is a moment from the first three episodes, or I guess the only three episodes, but what is a moment that really stands out to you as, wow, that really encapsulates what I love about fan-first entertainment, something that you'd like to implement yourself at the Sacramento Rivercats? You know, so on the, you know, on the food side, definitely given the samples of corn dogs when they were behind was was what probably stood out to me. And I think Chip talked about that when you spoke to him earlier this week as well. That That's just like, hey, we have this issue. How are we going to deal with it? People are waiting in line. Hey, we have these corn dogs. Let them try these out while they're waiting in line. So there's something's going, something's going on for them. Um, that's definitely something that, that I took away from it. That was an, an absolutely amazing thing that they did on the fly and just thought of. And it seemed to work well. Yeah. No, and I think that is such an important aspect of the fan first experience is the food. No matter where you're going for any sort of event, if it's longer than an hour, a few hours, and it's in that prime eating time, I mean, you're going to have people going to the concession stand. You're going to have people looking to snack, looking to chow down. And when you know, it's such an important day and you don't have the right food or your POS system is down or any number of issues could arise. I mean, you got to make sure that you are still providing something for your fans. You can't just say, oh, well, sorry, we're out because that makes it feel like you're not trying to solve the problem. And so I, I think fans will greater appreciate even if something went wrong, that they still saw you putting in an effort to do something about it than just sort of submitting to the issue. Because at that point, then they don't feel like that experience is special for them or unique. Yeah, it reminds me of when I was with uh, my previous company. We just opened a brand new club level experience uh, at the Moda Center where the Portland Trailblazers play. And the POS system crashed. Um, everyone who was and had a club level ticket had what's called loaded value, where it had, you know, thirty dollars a game that they can spend on food and beverage. The system was not recognizing any of those tickets with loaded value. So we stepped in and said, hey guys, give the customer what they're ordering. Let's write it down. We'll figure it out at the end of the night. As long as we're keeping track at a tally wise, last four so we literally had to take the last four numbers of that person's ticket, what they ordered, write it down so we can get it in the back end uh, after the event was over. But let's not worry, you know, the big thing was let's not worry about it during the event. Let's make sure that the customer's taken care of. And again, because that was their first taste of that new club experience. And oh man, yeah, it doesn't work. But no, they remembered that, hey, they still took care of us, even though there were some still bugs to work out in the process. Right. And just from a financial perspective, how important is the whole concession operation to making sure that a team is successful on a revenue end? Um, you know, making sure that that is all operational and not just letting it, if there is an issue, just letting it slide and saying, well, we'll deal with it later. Uh, you know, how do you stay on top of that and, and and how important is that entire aspect to the success of the team? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we brought food and beverage in-house a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it, it's a huge revenue stream, it's cash flow stream for for, for teams. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that more teams don't do their own food and beverage. Some people don't want to take the risk, but if you have the right person in place, the risk is is well worth the reward. But it's, you know, again, the food experience at, at a minor league baseball game is going to be what people remember. Another story I always like to tell is growing up in Connecticut, I went to Yankee Stadium a lot, a lot as a kid. I was ripped off at a concession stand, and I remember that experience. Not you know, I wasn't given back the proper change. Went back and you know, they're like, "Oh no, we did." Knew for a fact they didn't. Um, when I was young, I was like ten at the time. I don't remember who the Yankees played. I don't remember if the Yankees won or lost. I don't remember if it was sunny, if it was overcast. But I do remember that experience. Um, it's something that I was taught in culinary school too. Is you're only as good as your last meal. If you have a great meal, that's what they're going to talk about. That's what going to you know great experience. That's what they're going to talk about. If they had a bad experience, they're going to tell more people about that. So we got to ensure that that experience that they have to the ballpark in the food and beverage side, especially because no one is more in the spotlight, in my opinion, than the players on the field and food and beverage. Um, that's something that people expect. The expectation is high for having a good product. So they're, they're, you know, usually when you go to a ballpark, you're going to pay a little bit more than going to a McDonald's or whatnot. And the, and the, and the expectation is higher that they're going to get a better product. Hot, you know, hot dogs, hot, cold beer, you know, beer being cold, you know, it's, it's just an automatic type of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the bare minimum there. <laughs> if my beer is cold, my hot dog is nice and warm, you know, things are things are looking good. Yeah, it's a very bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know that the Sacramento River Cats, and especially under your leadership, try to go beyond the bare minimum for their food and beverage operation, and you try to make those meals and what they're actually eating, you know, not just providing a run-of-the-mill hot dog and nachos, but trying to push the mantle a little bit um, and make the food part of the fan-first experience. How do you do that? You know, how do you try to make the food as much a part of that unique, special experience, an unforgettable moment for the people who come to the stadium as the funky, quirky things that go on on the field, as the game itself, you know, as the customer service. Yeah, you know, th- this time of year is that time for us to start planning for it. We we do a lot of, I sit down with my concessions uh, management team, our chef, uh, we start doing planning. And, and one of the biggest things that I look at is uh, a show on TV called Carnival Eats and try to get not so much steel products from that, but get ideas of what's out there that's going to be that wow item, that great item that people are going to talk about. You know, last year we did um, nothing, and I think we talked about this previously, nothing really avant-garde, but our Irish nachos. Um, it's literally tater tots, house-made queso, and then we we smoke about 80,000 pounds of tri-tip here a year, and we use all the scraps from that tri-tip and make our own house chili with that, and that goes on those nachos as well. That sounds delicious. And people see that – the quality in that and are willing to, to get it. I have one fan of just every time he's like, Corey, I don't, I don't eat before I come. And also I'm getting this Irish nacho because I know it's going to fill me. It weighs about two pounds. <laughs> and, and, I, and I tell my wife and, and that's what we're going to do. Another, another item we added last year and I didn't think it was going to do very well. And it did unbelievably well is uh, vegetarian wings. Um, again, being in California, people are a little more health conscious. I've had literally since the, uh, the seasons ended, I've had about 15 to 20 emails and phone calls of people asking me where they can get those veggie wings during the off season. And one lady was, you know, two years ago, uh, she's a vegetarian, you know, was was not happy with our selections and, you know, told me about it. And so I brought her out. We, 
samples at the time of what we had these veggie wings and i brought them out to her and, and you know she renewed her tickets she's you know taking pictures of with me and her and her wings and put them on instagram and facebook and it's just winning that customer one you know winning one customer at a time it's, it, in creating those food experiences again that's what they're going to remember especially going to my league it's the entertainment it's the it's the whole experience it's not so much to play on the field but the whole atmosphere that comes together right well it's just exciting to see that the food angle of what it is you're serving i mean whether it's changing up what's actually on the menu or it's providing those you know those little samples or whether it's having those authentic conversations with your fans about how can we improve the menu for you right making it feel like okay you're implementing something for a specific fan i mean that fan is never going to forget that and it's going to love that and it's just exciting to see that that can be accomplished from the food side you know it doesn't all have to be some creative new skit or some great new dance or video or something that is shown off on the field uh, in between innings. It can be something as simple as updating the menu, making it a little different, making it niche, you know, making it pop and stand out as part of the special experience. And when you go see the Sacramento River Cats, you know that the food there is going to be unique. It's going to be special, and most of all, it's going to be tasty. I'm glad you said that. It's a you know very strong point of what we did, and we actually you know we sat down with Chip, our leadership team, uh, a couple weeks ago, and he you know what do, what do you got? And one of the questions he asked is, what do you want? What are your goals, personal and, and, and uh, professional? And why professional goal is I want Sacramento to be the best food story in all of uh, in all of minor league baseball, if not major league baseball. I mean, we already have some great things going on. We have the vineyard. Out in right field, the Needy Valley that I created last year, just creating that Needy Valley and, and expanding the microbrew, local microbrew footprint, we increased our sales by 124% year over year, more than doubled our sales um, by by creating those new type of things. You know, just just you know having those experiences and bringing the people out to to just sample them. Like when we launched Needy, for example, uh, we did five dollar draft beers um, out of there for the night, and people it was packed. People loved it. There, you know, it's 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 trying a new beer. We have the the Sackfly PA, and that's our beer brewed by Knee Deep that you can only get on draft here at the ballpark and, and let people know about it and giving them those you know those samples. It, it blows people's minds. Yeah, that's so incredible. It makes me want to. Get down there and try that beer. Try the, try those nachos. I mean, because just, that's just part of of what makes the experience so interesting. We brought it in house. We we you know we focus on. We don't call them concession stands. We call them storefronts, um, and they're all branded out. You know, we have uh, bridges. You know, the, the mimic the the Bay Bridge in San Francisco, or Golden Gate Bridge, as well as the Tower Bridge here in Sacramento. Uh, we have Coop and Kennel, which is Irish theme. It looks like you're walking up to an Irish pub. Cadillac Diner it looks like you're walking into a '50s diner, all the way from the uniforms to the decor on the outside, records hanging on the inside. Uh, so we call them storefronts, which makes it more unique where what storefront are you going to visit to go get that classic cheeseburger or your you know Irish nacho obviously coming out of Coop and Kennel uh, but they're all destination dining um, so every Oso's Mexican Cantina frozen margaritas sangria all kinds of stuff 
you know, that you can only get there at that storefront that makes them unique as well. And how do you make those creative decisions similar to, you know, the ones that are being done on the field, but some of these that actually end up being a little more permanent when you decide what kind of food are we going to stock here? You know, what experience are we going to set aesthetically and on a culinary level? Uh, What are those conversations like? How do you achieve, you know, both something that is going to sell that people are, you know, is not too out there that no one's going to eat it, but also something that is unique and will attract people's attention. So we actually not only have conversations, we also do food tastings. Uh, we'll be starting those here in a couple of weeks where we invite, you know, 15 people from our front office staff, including ownership down to the kitchen, or we'll do it in one of our clubs. And we'll do three or four items a week that we're thinking of adding to the menu and get everyone's opinion on them, what they think of it. Is it good? Is it a good product? Do you think it would sell? Would you pay for this? Um, would you look forward to having it when you come to the ballpark? Getting all that feedback from this group of people. And, and we rotate groups every single week, too. So it's not the same people coming to these tastings. But we use our front office a lot for, their, for doing those tastings. We listen to our employees, too. Our employees have some great ideas sometimes of, of what we can do and, and how we can change things. And we, we really take that to heart because, again, they're the ones that are having that daily interaction with, with fans. They touch the fans more than you know myself does. I mean, they, on any given day, a, a cashier will see you know, 1,500 guests where I may touch, you know, 35 people throughout the course of the day walking through the concourse saying hello and and, and how's the game going. Um, so we really take it to heart to what they tell us, what they're hearing from our fans as well. Right. Well, the, and that's fantastic. I think that just goes back to having those interactions with each individual fan and making that a key part of how you make big business decisions is not just, you know, kind of polling from a a really inhuman or a cold place, but getting in the trenches and interacting with the people that are spending their hard-earned money and are spending their time to have a, a unique experience at your ballpark, making them the ones that really help lead those decisions. And, and I think that just goes back to as well, representing the community that you're playing for. And I think the Savannah Bananas do that really well. You know, they really integrated themselves into Savannah. And I think the people that go there feel like that experience lives and breathes uh, the eclectic nature of Savannah. And it's, it's just cool to see how minor league baseball can do that for a community. No, it is. It is. It is amazing. And, you know, I had a GM I worked for and he said, you know, any team's only as good as the community that's supporting it. Um, and it's so true. I mean, you're doing great things for the community. They're going to do great things back for you. And, and you got to listen and in, in to what the fans are saying and, and, and implement stuff as well. Um, you know, that, that's what's going to make them come back game after game. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, Corey, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us some insight into your experiences on the food and beverage side of Fan First Entertainment. Now, I think we got to see the Savannah Bananas provide some impromptu solutions to a food and beverage mishap, um, but we didn't quite get to dig into in that series how food and beverage is so integral to the creative branding, to the voice and the flavor, pun intended, of the team. Um, So it was great getting you on to analyze that a little bit, to dig into how important it is to minor league and um, collegiate summer league baseball. And yeah, I would just like to thank you for coming back on Extra Innings. No worries. Yeah, I would love to go down and talk to Jesse and his team and just watching some of it and, and, you know, sharing some ideas with him and just watching what he's doing and what we can do on the food side of things. 
um, you know, so if he wants to reach out to me, yeah, uh, lo- yeah. I'd love to, to, to talk to him. And, and uh, you know, I think there's some cool things going on there. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you know anything that it's always good to, you know, see what other people are doing, too, as well. And whole- yeah, you know, what? I'll, I'll pass the email along, set up that connection. I'd love to I'd love to see that happen. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Corey, for coming on the podcast. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Enjoy your day. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Extra Innings. And if you'd like to hear more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you head to marketscale.com slash industries to watch Welcome to the Show. All three episodes are up on our sports and entertainment industry page. You definitely don't want to miss them. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. 